morning and welcome welcome to Christ Central. My name is Owen. I get to serve as one of the pastors here. Uh, thank you for spending your Sunday morning with us as we gather together uh, to sit together at the feet of Jesus and to listen uh, to him. Well, we're in a sermon series uh, called um, Following Jesus Through the Book of Luke, and it's a sermon series uh, through the Gospel of Luke, and we're calling it that because our goal has been to follow Jesus around as he moves through the Book of Luke. And, and we've been paying attention to the things that he does and to, the things that he, and to the things that he says. And as we pay attention to his actions and listen to his words, my hope and my prayer is that we would find Jesus captivating, compelling, and beautiful, and that we would have greater certainty of the things that we believe as followers of Jesus, that Jesus really is the Son of God and the promised Messiah and the Savior of the world, and that Jesus really is worth following no matter what the cost may be. Well, today's uh, sermon is, is called, What Does It Mean to Follow Jesus? It Means Being a Worshiper, Part 3 of 3. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the Gospel of Luke, and we're going to read uh, to, to, to chapter 10, and we're going to read from verse 38 to 42. So people of God, this is the word of our God. Would you please give it your careful attention? And now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve all alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. For the past couple of months, uh, past couple of weeks, we've been considering this question. What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? And in chapter 10, Luke tells us, he gives us a sketch of what a follower of Jesus is. What it means to be a follower of Jesus. First, it means to be a missionary. A missionary is someone who has been sent on mission by Jesus. And because Jesus has sent every one of his followers, every one of his disciples on mission, that means that every follower of Jesus is also a missionary for Jesus. And our mission is simple. Our mission is to preach the gospel and to heal by doing works of mercy and justice. Our mission is to both declare the love of Christ with our words and to demonstrate the love of Christ with our works of mercy and justice. And second, as we learned last week, it also means to be a neighbor. Now, through the parable of the Good Samaritan, Jesus taught us what it means to be a neighbor. To be a neighbor means to show mercy to anyone was in need. And to show mercy, as we learned last week, means to do three things. First, it means to see suffering people as image bearers of God. And then it means to have compassion on those who are suffering. 
And then third, and most importantly, it means to work and to act for the welfare of those who are suffering, even at a cost to yourself. And third, as we're going to learn today, it also means to be a worshiper. So to be a follower of Jesus means to be a missionary, to be a neighbor, and to be a worshiper. Now, if you recall from last week's sermon, uh, the, the lawyer asked this question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus answered that question by pointing to the great commandment, which can be summarized as love God and love your neighbor. And last week we talked about how we inherit eternal life through faith alone and Christ alone, but we demonstrate that we are heirs of eternal life by loving God and by loving our neighbor. You know what that means? Um, the parable of the, uh, of the Good Samaritan and the story of Mary are meant to be read together because they together illustrate for us what it means to obey the great commandment to love God and to love your neighbor. You see, Jesus taught us what it means to love our neighbor, what it means to be a neighbor, and what it looks like to love our neighbor. And that means, and it looks like showing mercy to those who are in need. But Jesus now, through the example of Mary, shows us what it looks like to love God. Do you know what it, lo it looks like to love God with all your heart, mind, and soul? It looks like what Mary did. It looks like sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening to him. So today we're going to learn that to be a follower of Jesus is to be a worshiper. And a worshiper is someone simply who sits at the feet of Jesus and who listens to Jesus. So here's the outline for today's sermon. First, Mary's choice. Second, Martha's complaint. And third, Jesus' comments. So first, let's talk about Mary's choice. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, where Jesus would suffer and die, Jesus stopped at a village to visit some of his dear friends. He went to the house of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Lazarus, And Jesus loved this family, and this family loved him. In fact, in the Gospel of John, we learn that when Lazarus got sick and died, Jesus came to this house, to this village, and he healed. In fact, he didn't just heal Lazarus, but he raised Lazarus from the dead. And Lazarus was even referred to as the one that Jesus loved. So Jesus stopped by this house, the house of his friends, to, to have a meal with him and to share some fellowship with him. And, and as the meal was being prepared in the kitchen, Jesus, as usual, was teaching. He began to teach the people that were in the living room. And according to verse 39, Mary wasn't in the kitchen. She was in the living room. She was sitting at the feet of Jesus, and she was listening to Jesus. Now, sitting at one's feet was the classic uh, description of a rabbinic disciple. Mary was a disciple of Jesus. And to sit at someone's feet meant that you were placing yourself under their authority. It meant that you were submitting to their authority. So Mary wasn't just listening to Jesus in order to be entertained or to be informed, but she was listening to Jesus so that she could be submissive to Jesus. You see, it's not enough to simply listen to Jesus. You must also submit to Jesus. You must believe what he says. You must obey what he commands. And that's what it means to be a disciple. To be a disciple of someone else, of someone is to say, I will place myself under your authority. I will submit to what you say. I will believe what you teach, and I will obey what you command. The Father showed up in a cloud on a mountain, and he commanded Peter, James, and John— and by extension, all the disciples, to do what? To listen 
to his son to listen to Jesus. And Mary was doing just that. She was sitting at Jesus' feet and she was listening to Jesus. Mary was drinking in the life-giving words of Jesus the way a parched and thirsty man drinks in a cold cup of ice, ice cold water. Now the sight of a woman sitting in the position of a disciple, sitting at the feet of Jesus, that sight would have, would have been unusual. And maybe even some people might have even considered it inappropriate in a culture where women did not ever receive formal training from a rabbi. But Jesus loves to surprise us. He loves to break cultural norms and religious norms, uh, which made the religious establishment very unhappy. You see, in their eyes, Jesus was a troublemaking, renegade, unusual rabbi. He, and he broke all the rules because Jesus was always gathering to himself the wrong kind of people. He was gathering Samaritans and disciples and sinners and tax collectors and even women to be his, uh, to be his disciples. So here is Jesus, right? He's welcoming everyone even women. In fact, Jesus even tells stories where he makes Samaritans the heroes. And Jesus does this because Jesus welcomes everyone to himself and into his kingdom. Jews and Gentiles, rich and poor, uh, slave or free, and, and men and women. And the privilege of sitting at the feet of Jesus as a disciple was not reserved only for Jewish males, but for everyone, including women. And so Mary chose to sit at the feet of Jesus and to listen. And she knew that she was welcomed there. She knew that Jesus welcomed her, even if all the other people in the room frowned at her. You see, Mary had the smile of Jesus, and that was enough. And the frowns of the people who disapproved didn't even matter, because Jesus' smile was enough. Now, Mary shows us what the heart of worship is, doesn't she? The heart of worship is this. It is to sit at Jesus' feet and to listen to him as you submit to his authority as Lord. A lot of people think that worship is primarily about singing songs about Jesus or even singing songs to Jesus. Now, you can sing all the songs you want, but if you do not listen to Jesus, if you do not submit to Jesus, then all you're singing is nothing more than just singing. It's not worship. You see, if you're just going to do whatever you're going to do anyway, no matter what Jesus says, if you're not going to submit to the authority of Jesus as Lord, then all you're singing about how Jesus is the Lord of your life is a lie. It's hypocrisy. It doesn't mean anything. You may sing to Jesus but you do not worship him. In truth, you worship yourself and you submit to no authority but your own. You see, when you are the Lord of your own life, you worship yourself and not Jesus. You see, who you worship is not seen in how many songs you sing at church. It's seen in who you listen to and whose authority you submit to. Worshiping Jesus at its essence, at its heart, is this. To sit at the feet of Jesus and to listen to him. Which means that you listen submissively as you place yourself under his authority as the Lord of your life. Now this is why you can have personal worship 
at home without any of the instruments, without any of the music, even without singing. Personal worship is when you sit down at the feet of Jesus and you listen to him as he speaks to you through his word, as you listen for the purpose of submitting to his authority. And Mary shows us what a worshiper is and does. A worshiper sits at the feet of Jesus and listens to Jesus. Now, of course, a worshiper responds uh, to Jesus with faith, trust, love, obedience, and praise. In, in Mary, we see a beautiful picture of what worship is in its purest and simplest form. This is what obeying the great commandment to love God with all your heart, mind, and soul looks like. It looks like this. You sit at the feet of Jesus and you listen to him as Lord. So we see Mary's choice. She chose to sit at the feet of Jesus and to listen to his teaching, which made her a worshiper. Second, let's consider Martha's complaint. Now, while Mary was sitting in the living room listening to Jesus, where was Martha? She was in the kitchen slaving away. She was doing all the work by herself. She was preparing the meal by herself. She was serving the meal by herself. And she was hosting everyone all by herself. And her sister wasn't helping her at all. And now, I feel bad for Martha. I mean, I, I totally get Martha. I mean, why is Mary so clueless and so selfish? Why doesn't she get off her behind, get up, and help her sister host Jesus and all the, all the guests in the house? Now, as a Korean-American, this is how I would normally assess this situation. Oh, Mary, you know, she's young. She just doesn't know any better. She hasn't been trained very well. Someone needs to, to talk to her, teach her that she needs to be more aware of her circumstances and to volunteer to help and to serve. And so I totally sympathize with Martha, and I understand why Martha went to Jesus and said, Jesus, don't you care that I'm doing everything by myself? Can't you see? Can you tell Mary to come help me? You see, Martha's complaint was really a complaint against both Mary and Jesus, wasn't it? First, Mary's complaint was against her sister Mary. Martha was accusing Mary of being selfish for not helping her host and serve. But second, and more profoundly, Martha's complaint was also against Jesus. Martha was accusing Jesus of not caring about her. She said to Jesus, Lord, don't you care that I'm doing everything by myself? Don't you care about me? Don't you see all that I'm doing? Why don't you care? So here's Martha getting irritated with Jesus because Jesus wasn't telling Mary to help her. You see, the way Martha spoke to Jesus about her younger sister reminds me of how the elder brother spoke to his father about his younger brother in the parable of the prodigal son. Just as the elder brother was angry at both his younger brother and his father, so Martha's upset at both her sister and Jesus. And just as the elder brother felt like he did all the work and was angry at the father for not noticing, so here's Mary getting angry at Jesus because she feels like she's doing all the work and he doesn't even notice or care. Now, I'll be honest with you. I totally get Martha, and, and, and I identify with her frustration. In fact, um, I would get frustrated too if I were in Martha's shoes. In this story, to be honest, I identify way more with Martha than I do with Mary, and maybe you do as well. Next, let's talk about Jesus' comments, his comments. 
Jesus had two comments. First, he had a comment to Martha, and then he had a comment about Mary. So first, in verse 41, we see Jesus' comment to Martha. Jesus says, Martha, Martha. Now, when Jesus says a name twice, and he says it two times, he's expressing deep love and affection for that person. You see, Jesus loved Mary, and he said, Martha. I mean, Jesus loved Martha, and he said, Martha, Martha. And, and Jesus said that Martha was anxious and troubled about so many things. Now, we can't miss the fact that Martha loved Jesus. She loved Jesus, and she wanted to put on a feast for Jesus. And, and, and because she loved Jesus so much, she wanted to show him extravagant and over-the-top hospitality. But it was in her efforts to serve Jesus that Martha had become anxious and troubled. And ironically, it was her service to Jesus that distracted her from actually enjoying Jesus. You know, there are a lot of Marthas in the church. And that's a good thing, because the church needs Marthas. The church wouldn't function without Marthas. You see, the Marthas are the ones who get to work and who get stuff done. They're the 20% of the church that do 80% of the work. They're the ones who serve as elders and deacons and deaconesses, CG leaders, journey group leaders, youth leaders, Sunday school teachers, um, praise team members, and Sunday volunteers. They're the ones that serve so much at church that they end up on church staff. And they're always busy, busy, busy. They're busy because they're serving the church, serving Christ, because they love the church and they love Christ. But like Martha, they are susceptible to becoming anxious and troubled in their serving. And they can complain and even get angry as they serve. You see, when they get overwhelmed from their serving, they complain that not enough people are stepping up and helping out. And they feel frustrated because they're doing all the ministry all by themselves. And suddenly, they can even begin to complain against Jesus in their hearts. Doesn't Jesus care that I'm doing all the ministry by myself? Why doesn't Jesus raise up more servant leaders? Why doesn't he send more workers to help me do what I'm doing at church? Now, it's absolutely important and imperative that we serve Jesus and the church. But when you try to serve Jesus without sitting with Jesus, it can lead you to a very dark place. You see, when you're so busy serving Jesus that you don't have time to sit with Jesus, your service to Jesus will become anxious and troubled, and there will be little or no joy in your service, and you're on the road to burnout. Sadly, it's very common for people to serve Jesus without sitting with Jesus. It's very common to work hard for Jesus without walking close to Jesus. And this is especially true for those of you who are really involved in church and you're really involved in the ministries of the church. You see, when you do that, when you serve Jesus without sitting with Jesus, you can become like Martha, anxious, troubled, irritable, and even angry. So let me ask you, especially if you're really involved at church, are you a Martha? Are you prone to becoming so busy serving Jesus that you forget to sit with Jesus and just enjoy him? I know that I am. 
And for those of you who make up the 20%, who do 80% of the work, maybe you're just like me. You see, Martha was too busy preparing a meal for Jesus that she missed this. That Jesus had prepared a meal for her. She was too busy trying to serve Jesus that she missed that Jesus was serving a meal of his own, a spiritual feast. Words that blessed and enlarged the soul, a meal that Mary was enjoying at the feet of Jesus. Next, let's consider Jesus' comment about Mary. In verse 42, Jesus said, But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. So what is the one thing that is necessary? What is the, the good portion that Mary chose? It was to sit at the feet of Jesus and to listen to Jesus' teaching about the gospel of the kingdom of God. Listening to Jesus, beholding and believing Jesus, and devoting herself to the words of Jesus, this is the good portion. This is the one thing that is necessary. While Martha was preparing a meal for Jesus, Mary was enjoying the spiritual meal that Jesus was serving her, and her soul feasted on the words of the one who was the bread of life. As I said, it's possible to be so focused on serving Jesus that we forget to sit with Jesus. But it is when we sit with Jesus that we serve Jesus best. Yes, being missionaries and neighbors is essential to being a follower of Jesus. Yes, we have to preach the gospel. Yes, we have to heal by doing works of justice and mercy. Yes, we have to be neighbors who show mercy to those who are in need. But the power to be a missionary, the power to be a neighbor comes when you're a worshiper. You see, worshiping Jesus is the fuel for being a joyful missionary and a joyful neighbor. Worshiping Jesus is what energizes you to preach the gospel and to heal by doing works of justice and mercy. Uh, worshiping Jesus is what, is what empowers you to be a neighbor who shows mercy to those who are in need. You see, without worshiping Jesus, without sitting with Jesus, without gazing at Jesus and basking in his great love for you, you will burn out in your efforts to be a missionary and a neighbor. You'll forget why. Or rather, you'll forget for whom you're doing all your preaching, all your healing, and all your neighboring. Being with Jesus, sitting at his feet, and listening to him, communing with him, that is the source of power that you need to be a joyful missionary and a joyful neighbor. You see, we need Martha's. We just don't need anxious and troubled Marthas. We need joyful Marthas. And, and, and the way you become a joyful Martha is by being like Mary, by sitting at the feet of Jesus and spending time with him. You know, as Mary sat at the feet of Jesus and listened to him, she came to understand and believe some really important and profound things. You see, six days before the Passover, six days before Jesus would be crucified. When Jesus visited her house again, Mary did something strange and unusual. Bewildering, in fact. Mary had this very precious, expensive, costly perfume. It, it, it was worth one year's salary. 
about $60,000 worth of perfume. Very expensive, very costly. And she took that costly perfume and she anointed Jesus' head with it. And then she poured the rest out on his feet and she wiped his feet with her hair. It was an extravagant, over-the-top expression of her love and devotion to Jesus. Now, why did Mary do that? What was the, the meaning of her sacrificial act? Well, Jesus himself explains why Mary did what she did when he answered Mary's critics. You see, there were people in the room that saw what Mary did, and they criticized her. They said, oh my gosh, what are you doing, Mary? That perfume could have been sold for a lot of money, and that money could have been given to the poor. But Jesus said in Mark chapter 14, verse 6, leave her alone. Why do you bother her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for burial. Mary, because she sat at the feet of Jesus and because she listened intently to Jesus, she came to understand what even the apostles had missed. You see, Jesus repeatedly and clearly taught and explained to his, to his 12 disciples that he was going to go to Jerusalem and that when he got to Jerusalem that he was going to be mocked and treated shamefully, spat upon, and that he was going to be put to death. But his disciples just couldn't get it. They didn't understand or grasp what Jesus was talking about. But Mary understood. She understood that Jesus was going to die. And so she anointed Jesus for burial with her precious perfume. Mary had come to understand and believe what the other disciples had missed. And what was the difference? She sat at Jesus' feet and she listened carefully. Mary came to understand that it was necessary for Jesus to die for the salvation of the world and for her salvation. And when Mary came to see how much Jesus loved her, even to the point that he would die for her, she couldn't help but love Jesus with all of her heart. And so what did Mary do? She got her most prized and most precious possession, her perfume, and she anointed Jesus for burial. Now I want you to notice that she didn't use some of it. She didn't use most of it. She used all of it because she loved Jesus with all of her heart. You see, it's only when you know that Jesus loves you like that to the point that he would die to save you. It is when you are secure in his amazing, steadfast love for you that you have the power and the motivation to be a missionary for Jesus and a neighbor in the name of Jesus. And the way you see and are assured of his great love for you is by being a worshiper by sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening to him as you listen to Jesus tell you how much he loves you and what he has done for you and your salvation. Mary knew that Jesus loved her because she sat at his feet and she listened. If you want to be a joyful missionary, if you want to be a joyful neighbor, then you first have to be a joyful worshiper. Before you get up to start serving Jesus, you first have to sit down and be with Jesus. Then and only then will you be sustained um, 
will there be sustained joy in your service to Jesus? We need happy Marys in the church, but to be a, I'm sorry, we need happy Marthas uh, in the church, but to be a happy Martha, you first have to be a Mary, a worshiper. So what, what's the takeaway for today? To follow Jesus means to be a worshiper. So be a worshiper. Take time to sit at the feet of Jesus and to listen to him. Listen to Jesus as Lord, which means that you're placing yourself under his authority. And we can worship Jesus in two ways, can't we? First, we can worship Jesus through corporate worship as we gather together as a church, as we together sit at the feet of Jesus and as we listen to him together. You see, when we come together as a church for worship, do you know what we're doing fundamentally? We're sitting together at the feet of Jesus and we're listening to him. And then we respond to him with our praises, our prayers, and our offerings. Second, we can worship Jesus through our personal worship. And we can do that every single day. Every day, you have the freedom and the privilege of sitting at Jesus' feet and listening to him all by yourself. Whether it's at your desk or at the kitchen table, you can sit down with Jesus with his word, and you can worship Jesus. And even though you may not sing, even though there may not be a guitar to sing to, you're worshiping Jesus because worshiping Jesus at its heart, in its purest essence, is simply this. You sit at the feet of Jesus, and you listen to him as he speaks to you through the word, and as you're willing to submit to whatever he says to you, to believe what he says, and to obey what he commands. So as I challenged you, Christ Central, several weeks ago, let's get into the Word together this year. But just, but don't read the Bible as, as a Christian duty or chore. When you approach the Word, see it as you're coming to sit at the feet of Jesus, ready to listen to Him. Now the guys that I'm discipling and I, uh, we're using uh, the Bible plan. And it takes us through basically four chapters every day, and it's been so good for all of us as we have taken time to listen to Jesus as we sit together at his feet. But you don't have to use the Bible plan. You can, you can use the Dwell Bible app. It's, it doesn't matter what you use. What matters is that you take time with the Word of God, that you sit down at the feet of Jesus and you listen to him as he speaks to you. Now, now today, if you're not a Christian, uh, thank you for joining us. And to you, I want to say this. If you would like to sit at the feet of Jesus and listen to his words of life, you're welcome to do so. You see, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter how unworthy you may feel, no matter how dirty or how broken you may be, Jesus welcomes you to himself and he invites you to sit at his feet and he wants to tell you that he loves you, that he died to save you, and that he wants to be your Lord because when he is your Lord, that is when you will truly flourish and thrive as an image bearer of God. So today I want to invite you, believe in Jesus, trust Jesus, listen to Jesus, and follow Jesus, and it will be the pathway to true and everlasting joy. Amen. Let's pray together. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that that you would love us so much that you went to the cross and you laid down your life for us. And when we behold that kind of love, 
we cannot help but want to love you back and to worship you with all of our hearts. So Lord Jesus, we want to follow you. So would you, by your Holy Spirit, make us good missionaries, make us good neighbors, and make us good worshipers for the glory of God and for the good of the city that you've called us to be in. It's in Jesus' name we pray.